Well, I want us to turn in our Bibles this morning to the book of Exodus. I told my wife last night, I said, I don't know what God's doing to me. Um, Tuesday, you weren't here Tuesday. Tuesday, actually I think it was Monday night, God gave me a dream and just gave me bits and pieces and I had to spend the day digging it all out and trying to put it all together and I said, you know, it would have been easier if God would have just laid out everything, you know, would have made things a lot easier for me. I mean, if he wants to, he's, he can send me an email. The notes are to be done too. I mean, that'd be nice, but I uh, hadn't had that happen. And uh, yesterday, yesterday I got up and I had two passages of scripture that just they were connected and I'll show you that in a few moments and a title but that's all and I spent I don't know how many hours I told my wife I just I've had to dig and dig and dig to figure out all right God so what did you mean by all this (laughs) and um told her, I said after, I I think it was 12 something last night when I finally finished it all and I said I I just hope everybody else is as excited about it as I am now after I put in all this time on it Uh, but anyhow this is this is the life of a preacher and I don't mind I'm I'm telling you, I'm through, if God wants to talk to me in Morse code, I'll figure out Morse code. I just just so he keeps talking, that's all I care about. And I mean that from the depth of my heart. I I don't care how he goes about it, just so I hear his voice and he'll give me the grace and the strength and the wisdom to figure out what it is he's saying. I'm happy. I'm happy. Praise God. Amen. Exodus chapter three, and we'll read three verses of scripture this morning. Exodus 3, verses 13 through 15. Exodus 3, verses 13 through 15. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. Now, let me, let me stop, and I know you're standing, but just by way of clarification for those who don't know, this is the voice of the Lord speaking to Moses from the burning bush. This is, Moses has... He spent 40 years in the palace of Pharaoh and and then he's out one day and he sees an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew and he ends up killing the Egyptian and burying him and thinking that he got away with it and he goes out then later and sees two Hebrews fighting and tries to break it up and somebody said, oh, you're going to kill me like you did the Egyptian? And he realized that uh, the cat was out of the bag and his um, sin was known, and he felt like Pharaoh would get him, and so he left, 
Haran to the land of Midian, spent 40 years there. So he's 80 years old now. And he's out on the backside of a desert somewhere. It's a long way from Pharaoh's palace where Moses is at this particular moment. And he sees, he sees a bush that is burning but is not consumed. He turns aside to try to figure out what's going on. And the voice of the Lord speaks to him. And God tells him, and I'm going to send you back to Pharaoh. And I'm going to use you to lead my children out of bondage. And so Moses is having this conversation with God. And he said, when I do this, now you're telling me to go back and talk to the Israelites. And when I go and I say to them, God spoke to me. They're going to say to me, this is the end of verse 13. They shall say to me. What is his name? So you've heard from God, have you? Tell us about this God you heard from. What's his name? Now remember, they've, they've spent these years in Egypt where there are many gods. The Jews only know one God. And so here's this man that was raised in Pharaoh's house. And he comes back and says, God spoke. And they say, really? Tell us about this God. He said, when they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Verse 14, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said... Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers. Now, you're looking at your Bible. You see the word Lord is in all capitals. I've explained to you before, when you see this, or maybe small capitals, depending on the kind of Bible that you've got, and maybe it's not in capitals at all, but it should be, that the King James translators did this in the Old Testament. They wanted you to know, they wanted to show honor to the name of God, Um. And, you know, the Jews wouldn't, wouldn't write that name. And, and so the translators wanted to show honor to that name, but they wanted you to know that's what's being used. And so, thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, the Lord, word there in all caps, the translators are saying to you that in this case it is Jehovah or Yahweh. Are you with me today? So... Say to the children of Israel, Yahweh, God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now that's an important phrase. God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my name. 
memorial unto all generations. Now, as I said, there were two passages of Scripture that were on my heart yesterday. We're going to get to the second one in a little while. But there was also a title that I felt like God gave to me. And it's taken, at least in part, from this last statement of verse 15. He said, this is my memorial. Everyone say memorial. Of course, this is Memorial Day weekend. This is my memorial unto all generations. I want to teach, preach, however it comes out this morning, about a living memorial. A living memorial. Amen. Would you pray with me and ask God to grant revelation to all who hear today, whether they're listening live, uh, in person, online, or later to a recording. I want this to be more than just a Bible lesson today. I want the spirit of revelation to go forth from this place and to open eyes and understanding. And in fact, I'd like for each and every one of us to get a good revelation today of something I feel like God has put on my heart. Amen. And uh, I believe God really wants to talk to us for the next few moments. Let's, let's pray together, everybody, right now. Can we do that? Let's talk to the Lord together. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. Would you just worship the Lord for a few moments today? Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. I do need your help today. And in fact, those who are listening online, a few amens uh, texted to me would be greatly appreciated this morning because I need to know that what I'm trying to convey is actually being conveyed. And the only way I know that is when I hear amens. 
So, you know, I, 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 I tell them in Africa that if you're not saying amen, that makes me think you don't understand what I've said, and that makes me preach that much longer. So those of you who complain about me being long-winded, um, all right, here we go. I, I, I was in a... I was in my, my home church several years ago, and I made a statement. I said, now, you know, I, I forget what I, what I was even, why I was saying it, but I made the statement. I said, you know, usually when I preach, I don't take that long. I, but if I teach, it's going to take me a little while. And, and a cousin of mine hollered out, preach it. <laughs> and I got the message. Praise God. Uh, it is going to take me just a little bit of time here today to lay a foundation of what I want to say to you. As I mentioned, this is, of course, Memorial Day weekend. The word memorial has been defined as something designed to preserve the memory of a person or an event. Things such as a monument that is built or a holiday that is designated. It has the purpose of keeping someone or something in our memory. Another definition that has been offered simply says it is an object which serves as a focus for the memory or commemoration of something. Usually an influential deceased person or a historical tragic event. Uh, obviously a memorial is usually built or established because someone did something great during their lifetime, but now they are deceased. The idea and the purpose is to keep their memory alive, to make sure that they are never forgotten. I've been blessed, I've been blessed in my life to visit a number of memorials. My wife and I on our 25th anniversary uh, went to New York City. We've been, Brother Goff, to the 9-11 memorial. Tragic event took place of thousands of lives being lost because of a terror attack on our own soil. I've been to Washington, D.C. I have visited the Lincoln Memorial. You've seen a depiction of it on every penny that crosses your hand if it is recently coined uh, in the last several years, but I've been to the Lincoln Memorial. I have been to the Thomas Jefferson Memorial. I've had the privilege of traveling to Pearl Harbor and seeing the memorial that was erected there to honor the lives that were lost when the Japanese bombed that port. 
I have, uh, I've been to the Liberty Memorial right here, Kansas City, and they are commemorating World War I. I've been to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. I, I, I could go through a list of the memorials that I've been to. Each of these buildings or facilities were erected either because of some circumstance or because an individual accomplished great things during their lifetime. And people did not want them to be forgotten after they are gone. It is something that we have valued that when a person achieves something great or there is something that takes place that should stir our hearts People will build a memorial. They don't want succeeding generations to lose sight of the greatness of the individual or the tragedy of the event. Hallelujah. And so in light of what a memorial is, I find it interesting in our text that the Lord said what he did to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 15. Read it again, Brother Goff, if you would. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this, this is my memorial. This is my memorial. To all generations. Unto all generations. Now why? Why would God use that particular term? And you know, there are times, just like last Tuesday night, when you go back to the original language and, and Brother Chad, you can find some things, you know, that, that you just don't see in our English Bible. And then there are times when you go back to the original language just like this. And I said, well, I wonder if there is some hidden meaning, something we don't understand with the Lord using this term that this is my memorial unto all generations. I, I wondered what the Hebrew word meant. And when I looked it up, lo and behold, it means memorial. Really deep, really profound. Uh, another definition was a commemoration. Well, that doesn't help. That's still the same thing because the word commemorate simply means to honor the memory of. So it's a memorial. It is a way of honoring the memory. Now, as I said, when I woke up yesterday, two passages of Scripture and a title. It's what the Lord seemed to give me. And the title, as you can see on the screen, that the Lord put in my heart was a living memorial. And so I had to look that up because that's evidently something different than just a normal memorial. And I found that there were basically two different ways that this term is currently being used in our society. 
one definition that I found was a special plant dedicated to someone's life and legacy. It could be a plant of any kind, any shape, any size, from a potted plant to a shade tree. But they're planted in memory of someone so that as that tree grows, it, it is there to keep the memory alive. And then the second definition I found for a living memorial is something that has started in the last few years. Uh, it is a celebration of life service that some folks have begun to hold before an individual dies. And the purpose and the thought behind it is that they want that individual to hear the kind things that would normally be said at a funeral service. They want the, the, the individual to be there and to experience firsthand the love and the appreciation that is expressed toward them. Normally when you attend a funeral, you're going to hear people recall their memories of a deceased individual. And so at a living memorial service, they would get up and share those memories while the person is still alive and able to hear them. Now, neither of those really helped me, by the way. Um, you know, I, I thought maybe, Brother Hilton, I was on to something when they were talking about a tree because this, this happened with the, the, the bush that was on fire and wasn't consumed and but that didn't seem to really connect with me in the spirit. And, and a lot of other things that I thought about here. But, but I, I, I realized that what the Lord was dealing with me about was really a different kind of living memorial. And so I want you to stay with me for a few moments today. Amen. I, I want to talk to you about God's living memorial. Now, in order for me to really express this, we're going to have to go back and read this text again. So bear with me today. Don't check out yet. Everybody stay with me here for a few moments. Read our text again, Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, the Lord God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Mm -hmm. And God said moreover unto Moses, All right, listen. Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Yes. The Lord God of your fathers. Yes. The God of Abraham. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Isaac. And the God of and Jacob. And the God of Jacob. Have sent me unto you. sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto this all generations. This is my memorial unto all generations. Now, it's in this phrase, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, that the second passage the Lord put on my heart yesterday resonated with me because I knew 
I knew that this passage I've read as my text was quoted by Jesus during his ministry. And, uh, and, and the setting of the story is that the Sadducees had come to confront Jesus. Now, for those who don't know, the Sadducees did not believe in life after death. That's why they were sad, you see. Hey, hey, I got to do something to keep you awake here this morning. I'm going somewhere, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking to my, to my real starting point. Just stay with me. But these Sadducees come to Jesus, and they don't believe in life after death. And they, they mock anybody that thinks that there is anything beyond the grave. And they think they have concocted in their minds a story that Jesus will not be able to answer. If there is life after death, we've got him pinned to a corner. There's no way he can possibly address this situation. And so they come and seek audience before him. And they start telling him the story of a woman whose husband died childless. Now, if you don't know, the, the Jewish law had in it a, a, um, a mandate, a commandment, that in the event that a man is married and he dies without children, God said that his brother was to take his wife and to have a child with her. And that child would be called the, the son of the one that is deceased. Are you with me? This was, this was it. And, and obviously the reason, again, it was to create a memorial. We don't want this brother, this man dying without there being some link to him that is left on earth. There's got to be something to carry on his name. And so if he dies and does not have children, his brother has to go in and take this wife and, and have a child by her. And so their story went that there were seven brothers. And the first one married this woman and he died without children. And so the second one in accordance with the law took her as well. And he died without children. And the third one took her as well and died without children. And she was passed among all seven brothers. And all of them died childless. And finally, she died as well. And then they, you know, in their most innocent voice, said to Jesus, So, Lord, whose wife? Will she be in the resurrection? Because see, if there's life after death, you know, we can't have this woman married to seven different men. You understand? Well, they think they've got him. They think there's no way out of this. If, if there's life after death, she's been married to all seven of these guys. 
So she can't be married to all seven of them according to the law. God's not going to let her have seven husbands. And, and so whose wife is she in the resurrection? Jesus didn't even have to think about it. You know, this is the way it is with a lot of theoretical questions. Because they are theoretical, there's usually something flawed in their theory. And uh, Jesus didn't have to scratch his head and say, well, let me get back to you on that. He had an answer very quickly, very firmly. He responded to them. This is found in Matthew 22, verses 29 and 30. Jesus answered and said unto them, uh-huh. Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures. Here's your problem. You don't know the Scriptures. Nor the power of God. You don't understand the power of God. For in the resurrection, because they in the married, resurrection, nor are given in marriage. They are neither married nor given in marriage. But are as but they're the angels, as the of, angels God heaven. of God in heaven. He said, here's your problem, guys. You're trying to put heavenly things into an earthly mindset. And I want you to understand that your question is flawed. There is a resurrection. And there is life after death. But there's not marrying and giving in marriage when we get over there. When we get there, we're going to have a glorified body. When we get over there, things are going to be much different than they are down here. And then, Brother Goff, he doesn't stop. But he goes on to take the scripture and show them how they erred, not knowing the scripture. And the scripture he uses is the one I've used as my text. Let's read on. This is Matthew 22, verses 31 and 32. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, uh-huh. have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying... Now look, these are Sadducees. These are Jews. They believe the Scriptures. And he said, let me remind you of a Scripture that I'm sure you guys know. Read. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Abraham. And the God of and Isaac. The God of Isaac. And the God of and Jacob. The God of ja- now, where did he say that? Where did God make that statement? I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was in the burning bush. It was in the passage we read as our text that the Lord had first spoken that. I'm the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. I'm telling you, this was their identity as Jews. What happened in that burning bush was was the beginning point of their freedom from Egyptian bondage. And Jesus said, I want to just remind you what it was that God said and how God identified himself. He said, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then he said, God is not the God of the dead. Not the God of the dead. But of the living. But he's a God of the living. Now, you understand what Jesus is telling them. He's saying, if 
death is the end of it all, then why would God identify himself as being the God of somebody that's nothing more than dust today? He said, I'm here to tell you, man. He's the God of Abraham because Abraham yet liveth. Not as he lived before, but he has not just returned to ashes. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. Well, now, this is what I find interesting. That Jesus went back to this passage. The burning bush. When God said, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And then God went on to say, this is my memorial unto all generations. This is the way I'm going to be remembered forever. Hallelujah. Now, obviously, there is some connection between him being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the memorial which would stand for all generations. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus showed us a little bit about this connection when he said, God is not the God of the dead, but he's the God of the living. He let us know that memorial is not a memorial to commemorate one that's gone. It's not a memorial to try to bring to mind something that somebody did while they were alive, but they're no longer around to do it. He said, I want you Sadducees to understand the same God that lived, amen, in Moses' day. The same God that spoke from the burning bush is still alive today that memorial that memorial still stands today now let's talk about that memorial that everlasting living memorial go back once again to our text I'm trying to get through this this morning amen I got a long way to go Exodus chapter 3 verse 13 read and Moses said unto God Moses said to God behold when I come unto the children of Israel you've called me to do a big task and I know these folks and I understand what's going through their mind and when I get back to them and shall say unto them I'm going to tell them the God of your fathers has sent me unto you sent me to you and they shall say to me and they're going to ask me a question what is his name they're going to ask what is his name what shall I say unto them what am I going to tell them when they ask me the name of the God that sent me. Now follow with me here. Amen. I'm almost to where I want to get. Verse 14. The question is, what's the name of the God that sent me? They're going to want to know. And I want to be able to tell them. And so verse 14. And God said unto Moses, Moses, I am that I am. You tell them, I am that I am. 
And, and he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel. Thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel. I am have sent me unto you. I am hath sent me unto you. That's the name of the God that you're going to represent. You just tell them, I am hath sent me. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm starting to feel it now. Praise God. Amen. He said, tell me what his name is. And he said, my name is I am. Oh, praise God. Let's read on. Amen. It's at this point that God addresses this idea of a memorial. Verse 15. And God said moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel. This is what you're going to tell them. The Lord God of your the fathers, Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Jacob, has sent me, unto, sent you. me unto you. This is my this name forever. Is my name forever. This is my and memorial this unto is all my generations. Memorial unto all generations. Now, brother Josh, I I tried to send you a message this morning. I don't know. Do you have the World English Bible? You don't have it. Well, I've got it printed out for brother Goff. This is a different trend. Translation: The World English Bible, is it there? Is, all, right. all right, we're going to read it to you from a little different translation. This verse 15, I want you to hear this. I like the way it says it. Read. God said moreover God to Moses. God said moreover to Moses. You shall tell the children of Israel. You shall tell the this. children of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your Yahweh, fathers. Yahweh, the God of your fathers. The God of Abraham. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob. The God of Jacob. Has sent me to has you. Has sent me to you. This is my name forever. That is my name forever. And this is my and memorial. This is my to memorial all to all generations. Did you catch that? God said to Moses, "You tell them Yahweh." The God of your fathers has sent you. That's my name. And that's my memorial. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm here to declare to you today. Amen. His everlasting, his living memorial is his name. It's his name. He said, that's the way I want to be remembered. Throughout all generations, I want them to recognize I am Yahweh. I am the I am oh hallelujah amen Psalm 135 verse 13 listen to what he says thy name O Lord thy name endure, o Lord, forever. endure forever and thy, thy memorial, memorial O Lord, o Lord. throughout amen. all generations I'm telling you this there is a connection between that name and that memorial amen the American standard version reads this way thy name O Jehovah endureth for, forever thy memorial name O Jehovah throughout all generations you know there are those who believe Solomon wrote this for the dedication of the temple. Others believe it was to be sung by the Levites every morning as they opened the gates of the temple. Amen. This was the idea that they're going to come to the house of God and every morning they're going to sing your name, O Yahweh, is your memorial forever. As we open the doors of your house, your name, O Yahweh, is forever. Now, now bear with me. Amen. Understand the significance of identifying God as Yahweh, Jehovah, or I am. You see, M, this is where I'm going to bore some of you here. A little bit of a grammar lesson. Hallelujah. Stay with me. 
Grandpa's going to give you some grammar. Hallelujah. Stay with me. M is a linking verb. You know, we usually think of verbs as a word that describes an action. But, but there are linking verbs. They are, they are much fewer in number than other verbs. A linking verb is not an action verb, uh, but it is a word that connects a subject to a further description of that subject. All right, stay with me. Linking verbs do not show action per se, but they link or connect a particular subject to something else, such as they'll connect it to another noun. It's like saying, I am a preacher. All right? Preacher is a noun. And so I've connected the I by that word M. It links the preacher at the end of the, of the sentence to the I at the beginning of it. All right? It connects the subject I to another noun. It can also connect uh, the subject to a prepositional phrase. Such as, I am in the sanctuary. That's a prepositional phrase. But it still describes the subject. Are you with me? Uh, It can also connect to an adjective. A word that describes a noun. I can say, I am excited. Excited is an adjective. It's, It's describing me. All right? And so, I've linked this descriptive term to the subject. I hope you're understanding what I'm telling you. Anytime there's a linking verb, there is required by grammar something at the end of that linking verb. Hallelujah. There's something that has to follow it. And yet when God told Moses what his name was, God chose this linking verb. But it wasn't just a linking verb. It's what we call the infinitive. I don't want to get too technical here, but, but you understand am is, is a, uh, the first person singular conjugated from the, the, uh, the infinitive to be. All right, you take the infinitive, that's the root of this linking verb, to be. And then you conjugate it, to be. First person, I am. Second person, you are. Third person, he is. All right, you're conjugating, but, but the infinitive is to be. I'm here to tell you that Jehovah or Yahweh is the infinitive of to be. That's what it is in the Hebrew. One way of translating this when God says this is my name. And he says it is Yahweh. He is using the infinitive of this. And, and so we could say that you could translate this to say that he is, amen, he is the, the one who exists. He is the self-existent one. Praise God. Amen. Stay with me here. Stay with me here. Amen. Praise God. And so God identified himself as the one who 
is. Amen. And so when this is properly conjugated, God would say of himself as he did to Moses, I am. That's first person singular, I am. Are you with me? Yahweh is to be. When he speaks of himself, he says, I am. Well, praise God. Amen. And that's what he's doing. And I want to tell you that throughout the Old Testament, and, and I really have, I've cut back on a lot of notes to try to keep you from being here too long this morning. Stay with me. Amen. I, I've got just a little ways to go yet. To, amen. To make my real point that I want to make. But I'm going to tell you because a linking verb requires something at the end. When God said uh, that he is, or he said I am, and we say of him he is there's a blank there brother Chad there's something to fill in the blank he is something and throughout the Old Testament there were moments of revelation there were moments amen where individuals caught a glimpse of words that could be put in that blank amen that would describe Yahweh that would tell us who Yahweh is what Yahweh is where Yahweh is hallelujah when he used the infinitive he was saying to Moses you go back and when the children of Israel want to know who's going to lead them you tell them the one who is is the one who sent you and what he's saying is I'm going to be whatever you need me to be you got a big journey ahead of you you got a lot of things you're going to face but understand this whatever you need to fill in that blank I am I am I am what Whatever you're looking for. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And then when he said, this is my memorial to all generations. Do you understand what he's saying? He's saying, Brother Nelson, that even now in, in 2020, we can still fill in the blank. Whatever we need him to be, whatever we're looking for, whatever problems we face, whatever we encounter, there's a blank there. He is. What do you need? He is. What are you looking for? He is. What is the answer you came for today? He is. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Now, as I said, stay with me. A few more moments here. Amen. As I said, throughout the Old Testament, there were moments, uh, amen, of revelation uh, where he identified himself uh, or someone caught a glimpse uh, of one aspect uh, of the one who is. Uh, Abraham gets up on Mount Moriah and he says it's time uh, to offer a sacrifice. Uh, he brought his son willing to do it, but the angel said, no, 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 you're not going to do that. Uh, Abraham said, then I need need a sacrifice I gotta have something that I can offer to God and then he looked around and he found a ram in the thicket and Abraham said I'm gonna call this place Jehovah Yahweh Jireh the Lord the one who is my provider this is what I've learned about him he is my provider whatever I'm looking for he's able to provide for me oh hallelujah he's my provider hallelujah the exodus when God spoke 
to the children of Israel. When God told them, amen, put the blood on the doorpost, he gave them a promise. And he said, I'll tell you what, if you'll do what I'm telling you to do, not just tonight, but from here on out, I'm going to fill in the blank for you. He said, I, I will make sure that none of these pestilences will be upon you. Why, God? Because I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. If you're sick, he's the healer that fills in the blank. Israel, as long as you walk according to God's commandments, he's going to be Jehovah Rapha. He's going to be your healer. There is no sickness. There is no pestilence. There is no plague. There is no disease that is greater than Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. Moses sitting up on the mountain. Joshua, children of Israel are fighting Amalek. As long as Moses' hands are up, they're winning. But his hands grow tired. Aaron and her come and bring a stone for him to sit on. And they stand there and hold his hands up. And when the victory was won, Moses built an altar. And he said, it's time for me to fill in a blank. I'm going to put a name on this altar. Amen. Hallelujah. He's Jehovah Nisi. That means the Lord is our banner. Amen. The, 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 the idea of the banner was a banner of victory. We're waving the flag of victory. We've just defeated Amalek. I'm going to tell you, Moses said, I filled in the blank a little bit here. I've learned something about Yahweh. He is my victory. No matter the enemy that comes against me, no matter the devil that tries, amen, to assail me, he is Jehovah Nisi, he is my banner of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Gideon, I talked about this in one of my podcasts. Gideon's afraid, he's hiding. The angel of the Lord appears to him, promises him great victory. And I'm telling you, when it's all said and done, and he saw the glory that that angel showed him, Gideon said, somebody hand me that piece of paper. I got to fill in the blank. I got to write something in here. Yahweh, Jehovah, Shalom. He is our peace. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scared. We don't have to fret. We don't have to pace the floor. Amen. He is our peace. He's Jehovah Shalom. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Stay with me. Stay with me. Amen. I'm going someplace. Hallelujah. He is our peace. Jeremiah. Amen. All the things that Jeremiah witnessed. He watched his nation backslide. He watched his nation turn against God. But one day God gave Jeremiah a prophetic word. And he said, I'm going to raise up. Amen. A leader among you. There's somebody coming someday. 
day. Amen. And he said, I'll tell you what, Jeremiah, just so you'll understand, you hand me that paper. I'm going to fill in the blank myself. Amen. And this is what he told Jeremiah. He said, I am Jehovah Sidkenu. I am the Lord, our righteousness. I know you're looking at a backslidden nation right now, but that's going to change. I'm going to raise up a people that are going to be separated unto me. They're going to be a holy people. It's going to be in their heart. It's not going to be tables of stone. It's going to be written on the tables of their heart because he is our righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Ezekiel is given a prophetic vision of a holy city that's coming. And God said, let me give you a name to put on that city. Hand me that piece of paper there, Ezekiel, would you? I got to fill in the blank. I got to tell you. Well, praise God. I got to show you a little bit more of what comes after Yahweh. Amen. What comes after I am. Hallelujah. He said, he said, you can call this city Jehovah Shammah. Amen. The Lord is there. Amen. He's present. Amen. This is not going to be a city that is a city of desolation. It's not going to be a city where you got to try to hunt and find God somewhere because he's hiding in a corner. But I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a city where the presence of God is going to be recognized everywhere you go, everywhere you turn. His presence is there. He's Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. And one day, David is out tending his sheep. You know, the bear had come. David wasn't going to let his sheep get hurt. I don't care if it's a bear. I'm going to defend these sheep. And he did. A lion came. David said, I don't care. It's a lion. That doesn't bother me. I'm not. I'm going to defend these sheep. They're out wandering. Grass is brown. David said, "You know these sheep need to eat. I'm going to take them somewhere where they can get some food. And you know they're thirsty. But this creek where we've been here, man, the waters are just rippling and." Sheep are skittish creatures and all this noise. They, they think somebody's coming to get them. And I'm going to go find them a better place to drink where they don't have to be afraid. And he got to thinking about everything he had done for those sheep. And David said, somebody hand me that piece of paper. I want to talk about Yahweh. I want to talk about the one who is. Amen. And so in Psalm 23, 1, amen, the Hebrew says, uh, Yahweh Rapha. Hallelujah. Reah, I'm sorry. Yahweh Reah. The Lord is my shepherd. When the bear comes, he's going to be there. When the lion comes, he's going to be there. When I'm hungry, he's going to feed me. When I'm thirsty, he's going to give me drink. He is my shepherd. 
In fact, I don't know, and I'm trying, I'm trying to hurry here this morning, but I'm going to tell you, I got to look at Psalm 23. Every one of the of these compound names that I've called off to you are, are alluded to. They're not named, but they're mentioned by description in Psalm 23. Let's go through this as quickly as I can because I'm still not quite where I want to close here today. Amen. Psalm 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd, yeah. I shall not That's want. That's Jehovah Reah. Amen. He is my shepherd. And then he said, I shall not want. That's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. I don't have to worry about anything because he is Jehovah Jireh. Read on. He maketh me he to lie down, me in green lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside, he me beside still, still, that word still in the original means peaceful hallelujah he takes me to the peaceful waters you know why he meant because he is jehovah shalom he is my peace read on he restores he my restores soul. my soul he leadeth me you in know the what that is hang on just a minute he restores my soul you know what that is he's jehovah rapha he's the lord my healer hallelujah amen and then he says he leadeth he leads me in the paths, in paths of, of what his name of said. what righteousness. of righteousness that's Jehovah Sidkenu the Lord is my righteousness verse 4 read yea though I walk though through, the, I walk valley through the valley of shadow of the shadow of death I will fear, I'll no, fear evil. no evil why for thou art with me, thou art with me. that my is Jehovah Shammah the Lord is there even when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death he's still Jehovah Shammah he's still there Oh, hallelujah. Amen. 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 I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. How fear no evil. Thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Read. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Oh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know what David's saying? Amen. He's Jehovah Nisi. He is my banner of victory. When my enemies come up against me, I'm not worried about it. I'm not afraid of them. He's Jehovah Nisi. He is my banner of victory. Hallelujah. And then he man, he said, You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. See, there's a lot more compound names, and really a lot of them are right there in that. I, I just don't have time for all that. I really did cut out a lot for your sakes today. Amen. But I want to tell you, there is one more that I've got to talk about before I get through today. There is one more that was used to describe Yahweh. Amen. Now it wasn't added to Yahweh like these other were it was not a compound word but the word itself incorporated a form of Yahweh into the word so that amen it would identify who he is amen and so as Isaiah is caught away in the spirit amen and God begins to show him things praise God amen Isaiah is handed a piece of paper amen Yahweh he is he is he is what amen let Let's read Isaiah 12, verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. My salvation. Read. I will trust, and not, trust and not be afraid. For the Lord for, Jehovah. For Yahweh. Read. 
is my strength, is my strength and, my song. and my song. He also, he also has become my salvation. I'm here to tell you the word salvation. I looked it up again last night just to be sure. In the Hebrew, the word there, amen, hallelujah, the word there is Yeshua he also is become my Yeshua now that may not mean much to most of you you may not recognize uh, amen the word Yeshua but I'm going to tell you amen Yeshua means Yahweh is salvation he is my savior he is my salvation I'm going to tell you it was not an accident that an angel appeared to Joseph 700 years later and gave Joseph very explicit instructions Uh, Matthew chapter 1 verses 20 and 21 listen but while he thought on these while things, Joseph thought on these things, behold, the angel behold, Lord an angel appeared unto him appeared in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou Joseph, son of David, you son of David, fear not to take thee unto thee, to Mary, thy Mary wife, wife, for thou which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Read. And she shall bring forth a son, and son, thou shalt call thou his shalt name call Jesus. His name. Now listen, amen, our New Testament is given to us in the, uh, uh, in the English. It was translated from Greek, but I was looking last night, Brother there's a whole lot of scholars that believe when Matthew originally wrote his gospel he didn't write it in Greek he wrote it in Hebrew and they had some pretty good evidence for it we don't have that Hebrew but they said this verse in itself is is some of the strongest proof that this was originally written in Hebrew he said I'm telling you the Greek doesn't work to do this amen the Aramaic doesn't work to do this he said you go back and you look amen when Jacob was born. Amen. He said his name was Supplanter. Amen. Because it really literally meant heel grabber because he grabbed his brother's heel. Isaac was called laughter because his mother laughed. And in the Hebrew in the Hebrew when I looked at this this is what they said when you look at the wording here he said a Greek word doesn't fit uh, an Aramaic word doesn't fit the only thing that really fits in this verse is Hebrew and here's what the scholar said he said in the Hebrew it would have said this she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Yeshua you shall call his name Yeshua. Do you recognize that? That's what Isaiah said 700 years before. He identified one more fill in the blank. Jehovah is salvation. Yeshua. Jehovah. I'm telling you, yes, he's my provider. Yes, he's my healer. Yes, he's my righteousness. Yes, he's my banner. But oh, thank God, he's my salvation. Oh, hallelujah. My Lord, my Lord. I got pages scattered everywhere here. Praise God. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen. Now, we keep reading. I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. This verse alone disproves the doctrine of the Trinity. This one verse settles the issue. Because Isaiah, Isaiah said, God, Yahweh, 
Yahweh is become Yeshua. Not Yahweh's son is become Yeshua. But Yahweh, Elohim, he used that word, is become Yeshua. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, if you don't think that's the case, let's just keep reading. The angel didn't stop here. He said his name shall be called Yeshua, for he shall save. See, this is it. He said his name is salvation because he shall save. It's the same root word for Yeshua as it is for safe. It's not that way in the Greek. It's not that way in the Aramaic. But it is that way in the Hebrew. Right. Hallelujah. Now, the angel's not through. Let's read on. Now, all this was done. All this was done. That it might be fulfilled, for which was reason, spoken for of the reason. Lord. There's a reason why his name was called Yeshua. Because it needed to be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. By the saying, prophet. This is the prophet Isaiah saying, Behold, Behold a virgin shall be with child. Shall be with child. Shall bring forth a son. Shall bring forth a son. They shall and call, they his, shall name call his name Emmanuel. Which being, which interpreted, being interpreted is God. With us. God. God, God, not the second person of the Godhead, but God, this same Isaiah in Isaiah 7, 14 said his name is going to be God with us. Amen. He's the same Isaiah that came along and said, amen, my God shall be called my salvation. He's the same Isaiah who said unto us, a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father and the prince of peace not the everlasting son Isaiah said, I'm talking about the same God. I'm just filling in a blank. I'm just filling in a blank. Amen. He told Moses, this is going to be my memorial forever. This is my memorial to all generations. Amen. This name, I am, I am. Is, is my memorial to all generations. And he gave Isaiah the final blank, amen, to fill in. I'll tell you, he is provider. He is, amen, healer. He is present. He is our banner. Hallelujah. He is our shepherd. But Isaiah said, I want to tell you what else he is. He is Yeshua. He is my Jesus. That's the God that I serve. Well, see, his living memorial, his memorial to all generations, not, not because he's dead and gone, but he's alive. But Brother Brad, he's living right now. He wants everybody to remember Right now, he's still the I am. He's still all of those things. Now listen, when we understand he is salvation, 
it kind of puts a little bit of a new light on Hebrews 11 and 6. Let's listen to this. But without faith, without it faith, is impossible, impossible to please, please him. him. For he that he cometh come to, to God, God must believe. Wait a minute now. He must believe. I would say he must believe. I, I'm, I'm nearly finished. I'm on the last page of my notes. So give me just a few more moments. Everyone say he must believe. All right. Must believe. That he is. Uh-huh. And that he, he is a rewarder of them, them that, that diligently seek, seek him. Now, two things. He said, if you're going to please God, there's two things you must believe. You have to believe God will reward you if you seek him. But there's a second thing you've got to believe. You've got to believe that he is. Do you recognize that? Do you recognize that? Amen. That's I am. When we put it in second person, you got to believe he is the I am. Hallelujah. If you are going to please God, you can't believe that he's a second person. Amen. In a trinity. If you're going to please God, you got to believe he's the I am. Now, look, that sounds a lot like what Jesus said. In John 8 and 24, read. I'm nearly done, I promise you. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. Jesus said you're going to die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're all looking at the wall. You can't look at the wall right now. Get your Bible. I'm glad it's on the wall, but the wall doesn't do it justice. The wall doesn't do for us what your Bible does for us. I want you to see something here. I want you to look at something in your Bible here. John 8 and 24. John 8 and 24. I said therefore unto you mm-hmm. that ye shall die in your sins. Yeah. For if ye believe if you not believe that not, I am he. That I am, wait a minute. That I am he. Are you looking at your Bible? Do you see the word he? How many of you in your Bible the word he is in italics? Amen. Do you know what it means when the word's in italics? It means it's not there in the original. The translators thought they needed to add it. But it's not there. So here's what Jesus really said when he actually said it. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am. If you believe not that I am. You'll die and you'll say, why? Because that's his living memorial. That's his name unto all generations. If you don't believe, Jesus is the I am. Now look, look, look. You all know I like, I like southern gospel music. I was listening to a song the other day, and I just... Thinking back, almost... It almost makes me want wish that I just picked up something and thrown it through the radio. They're singing. They're singing about Jesus and they said he's the son of the great I am. Wait a minute. That's not what he said. He said unless you believe that I am you'll die in your sins. I'm going to tell you, we got to believe more about him than just that he's a second person in a Godhead. We got to believe that he is the, in fact, in fact, get for me Colossians 2 and verse 9. This is not in the notes, but get for me Colossians 2 and 9. I'm going to tell you, Jesus is not the second person in the Godhead. In fact, Jesus is not even in the Godhead. Amen. Let me show you what the Bible says. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 9. 
Read. For in him, For dwelleth, in him dwelleth all, all the, fullness the fullness of the Godhead, of the Godhead bodily. bodily. Jesus is not the second person in the Godhead. Jesus is not in the Godhead. The Godhead is in Jesus. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. I'm going to tell you, every blank that we need to fill in, we're going to find it in Jesus. He's our salvation. He's our provider. He is our healer. He is our righteousness is our victory and he said this is my memorial to all generations you know why because of Hebrews 13 and verse 8 this is what he said Jesus Christ Uh the same yesterday is the same yesterday And today. And forever. And forever. He is the I am. I'm telling you, he is still our provider. He is still our healer. He is still our banner of victory. He is still our peace. He is still our righteousness. He is still our shepherd. He is still our salvation. He is still there. We're not serving a God of the dead. And we're not serving a dead God. We're serving a living God. God who has a living memorial and that memorial is I am the great I am oh let's thank him let's thank him let's thank him hallelujah I had the privilege my last trip to Africa to see the uh, they call him a acomedician I think or something like that some word bigger than one I'd have to rehearse it for two or three days to see he's a professor in college got to visit with him again on my last trip to Africa hadn't seen him in a few years the last time I'd seen him, he was taking me to the airport. He had been in my doctrinal conference. And he told me, he said, you know what got me? He said, when you started reading and said that God has given him a name that's above every name. And he said, I sat there and I thought, now wait a minute. If the father's the first person and the son's the second person, why is the name of the second above the name of the first? And he said, I couldn't reconcile that in my mind except for one way. Jesus is the father and the son. And that's why neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved hallelujah I'm here to tell you it's a living memorial thank God for the name thank God for the name 
Thank God for the name. Come on, somebody. Thank God for the name. That's his living memorial. Every time we say Jesus, we're really saying Yeshua. We're saying Yahweh, our salvation. That's who he is. He is whatever we need. He is the great I am. Oh, let's praise him one more time.